0: worshiping the Lord with all of you right here at uh, the beginning of the Christmas week and uh, I feel the presence of the Lord a sweet spirit in the house today I want to direct your attention to Psalm 107 Psalm 107 and we'll begin in verse number 8 then I'll take you to verse 15 and 21 27 and 37 walk you through it I want to say that I, I always feel this is my this is my last opportunity to preach here in in my church uh, before the new year and that's always I don't know it's just uh, at the end of the year you start to think about things and I was I was going back over, past messages and sermons, and it dawned on me that uh, I've preached hundreds of messages behind this, this sacred desk, and I don't take that for granted. Uh, I am thankful to be a part of the kingdom of God and for every opportunity to preach the word of God and uh, for feeling his presence today. And love all of you very much, wish you a very, very, very... Merry and blessed Christmas this year. It's my, it's my prayer to all of you, to all of you. And so this is our last opportunity this week uh, to gather corporately as the church, and then we'll come together next Sunday for a full day. And uh, I'd like us to uh, plug into what God would like to do this morning. We don't have a service tonight and we have a lot of people traveling, but how many will just plug into the word of the Lord for just a few minutes? Just plug in. Psalm 107, verse number 8 says, This, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Skipping to verse 15, it says, This, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 27. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 37. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Does anybody feel like the Lord wants us to do something today? I wonder if... If anybody would just go ahead and give him praise for his goodness for about 10 seconds. Would you just lift up your voice? Make a joyful noise. God, you've been wonderful to us, Lord. You've been wonderful to us, Lord. You've been wonderful to us, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And so I want to preach to you for just a few minutes this morning from this title, A Christmas Praise, A Christmas Praise. Put your Bibles down and and, uh, you can be seated. Thank you so much for standing and worshiping A Christmas Praise. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. When, uh, when I think about Christmas, and of course I know that, that Christmas uh, is, is about the, uh, should be about, at least to Christians, the, the birth of the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. What an amazing uh, thought it is that God robed himself in flesh and he came and he dwelt among his own creation. You know I, I, was, I was thinking the other day how in history, I read a little article about how how many kings have been born uh, and grew into kingship and and that's not uncommon, but only one king gave up his throne. And was born into poverty and became a man just like you and I so that he could suffer and die for our sins. What a beautiful love story that really is. That God so loved the world that he gave. Isn't that the the gist of the Christmas season? And all of this is important. And, of course, we know that uh, commercialism is, is not the meaning or the reason for Christmas. But... If we're being honest, and and I, you know, I felt a little convicted a few times. Pastor taught so powerfully this morning, but the reality is that we still enjoy receiving Christmas gifts, and I know Pastor, and uh, he does enjoy receiving Christmas gifts, and uh, most of most of us do, but. For those of us in this audience, we know most of the kids are upstairs. But uh, as you get older, you you enjoy it, but it's not the same as as when you're a child. Anybody remember when you were a child? That exhilaration that you felt. You were you perhaps you hoped for something. You maybe even if you were like me, you prayed for something. I, I remember one year. Uh, I think I spent three years begging and praying and fasting for Nintendo and uh, and I remember uh, I did not think that I was going to get one uh, you know we in those days uh, we were just lucky really to as pastor was talking about just to have a vehicle that worked and with you know, sickness and all of those things and and I, I knew that it was a I knew that it was a big ask, but I just wanted a Nintendo so bad. And I'll never forget that, that feeling when I, when I opened that gift and, and there was a Nintendo. It was a, an amazing moment as a child. And uh, I remember when I got older, my, my precious mother, back when my brothers and I were all reaching the age where we wanted more expensive things, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to, to please you. You know that, right? And, uh, and my kids are getting to that age where they, they like uh, technology and cameras and things like that. And so some of the things that my son asked for for Christmas, I just had to tell him outright, that is, that's not going to happen. I don't want you to hope for that. You have to lower expectations sometimes. But I remember both me... Jonathan and Nathan, we all wanted a, a, an iPod. Does anybody remember iPods? This was back before your cell phone was basically an iPod, and you could use your... It was back before cell phones were also a listening device, and uh, the, the iPhone had, you know, basically one gigabyte, and you filled it up with text messages in about, in about 15 minutes. And, and so we wanted a, a one gigabyte iPod for music, and... Uh, they were expensive back then, and and uh, I remember um, we 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 all got one for Christmas that year, and we heard the story that Mom had stood in line. I don't even remember where, but. Black Friday, she stood in line almost all night long so that she could afford to get all three of us an iPod. And and the feeling, not just of receiving the gift, but that someone loved us enough to go through all of that effort and sacrifice to do something that would just bring a little joy and a little happiness in that moment. Can anybody go back in your mind and remember what it felt like before before you had all the stuff you have now? You know, before before you had your own money and your own bank account and, and you had no control over your destiny, but, but someone blessed you with something as a child. Anybody remember that childlike excitement? You know, it's, it's hard when you get older because you, you, if you're not careful, you get jaded and you lose that, that sense of awe, that sense of joy that, that children seem to feel so easily. I, I sometimes envy my son because... Uh, he he's at that age and also the personality where, uh, everything excites him. I mean, he can be now, of course the, the opposite end of that spectrum is he's either on top of the mountain or he's way down in the valley somewhere, but but usually he stays on the mountain for pretty much most of the time. And, and everything, the little things, bring so much joy and excitement. And, and uh, sometimes I watch that and I, I think I, I wish that I could go back to that moment and feel those kinds of feelings like I did when I was a child. It's, it's just something about childlike excitement. This is one of the the reasons that Jesus talked about having the faith of a little child. And and oftentimes the scripture tells us that the best thing that we could do would be to go back to a childlike mindset where we have the joy of a child, the faith of a child, the exuberance of a child. And this is hard though for us to do. It, It takes a little effort. It takes a little pushing sometimes. And and when it comes to spiritual things, the Lord began to deal with me the other day about a Christmas praise. And let me tell you what I mean by that before I jump into some scriptures. It's that, that kind of joy that you felt, that response. Everyone said response. If you can remember, I know it's hard because some of you it really takes it takes a lot of going back. I know because I'm, I'm right there with you. It takes a lot of thinking back, but maybe you could remember that moment when, when you were hoping for something at Christmas time and you didn't think it was going to happen, but you hoped it would happen. And, and Christmas morning came around and and all of a the sudden there was that gift that you had been hoping for, that you had been desperately wanting as a child. And and then you received it. And, and some of you, I know you won't admit it but some of y'all got up and danced around the room you ran around the room you jumped up and down you shouted you clapped your hands some of you cried you ran up and you hugged mom and dad you hugged whoever gave it to you you thanked them there was joy you played with it all day long and you didn't want nobody to touch your new bike you know that that feeling you get nobody's gonna. Yeah, nobody's going to touch my new toy. No one's going to no mess with it. This is mine. It's brand new. The paint job is just right. And I don't want anybody messing with it because this is mine. And I'm going to get some joy out of th- that moment of exuberance that you felt. And the Lord began to deal with me about how, as the church, we need to go back in our hearts and our minds to the greatest gifts of all. The gifts that transcend bikes and games. Games and toys and trinkets that just rust and most of us don't even have those things anymore those things that brought us so much joy that we ran around the room and screamed and jumped up and down you don't even have that anymore but here we are today in the presence of God and somebody needs to go back and remember the wonderful works of God and give him that Christmas praise like you did when you were a child you need to go back in your heart and mind and say Lord Lord, I remember when I was lost, but you found me. I remember when I was dying, but you healed me. I remember when I didn't have a clue, but you brought revelation. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Somebody needs to wake up on Sunday morning and give God a Christmas praise. Praise Him for His wonderful works. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him because He's better than any gift that any human being could ever, 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 ever give you. I know, I know it's hard because uh, we're in the mindset of things, but let me let me talk to you about. Matthew chapter seven, Matthew seven, 11 says this, and this is important to remember. If ye then, this is Jesus speaking, being evil. Now, how's that for an intro? If, <laughs> if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children. Ah, you know, did you know? That even the most wicked, despicable, vile person that you can think of. Oftentimes they have a child that they love. They may not love anybody else, but they are gonna love that child. And even evil people know how to give good gifts to their children. And then Jesus points it out this way. He says, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven. Give good things to them that ask him. I just wonder if there's any witnesses here today that could clap your hands and say, the Lord has blessed me over and over again. He's given me the greatest gifts. He's given me better stuff. He's brought joy unspeakable and full of glory. He has moved in my life. And your father may have let you down. Maybe I'm preaching to somebody that you're that person. You didn't get anything you were hoping for as a child. And so you view God through that lens. You you think, well, my parents let me down and my family let me down. Maybe you didn't have a family. Let me remind you that God is your heavenly father. And he can give you the best gifts right now gifts that are bigger than any earthly things could ever be that transcend all of the stuff that we cling to so dearly. Look at James. James 1 and 17 says this, every good gift. Look at your neighbor and say, every, every good gift. Now, there's a lot of gifts out there. <laughs> you and I both know that not all gifts are created equal. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. We've all got that one family member who gives us that one thing and you're like, I don't even know what that is. You ever get a gift and you look at it and you think, I don't even, well, thank you. Some of y'all just need to start practicing your fake smile because you, and you, you know, you're like, well, what do you do with that? Uh, well, you eat it or do you clean something with it? I don't know, but thank you. We all know that not all gifts are created equal. And, and really, sometimes the gifts that we think are the best You know, as a kid, again, I I look at, you know, the joy of being a parent is that you start looking at Christmas through the lens of your children. And then as grandparents, I think you start looking through Christmas through the lens of your grandchildren. And and what happens is you start you start enjoying the holiday more for the sake of your children and your grandchildren more than you do for yourself. I I enjoy receiving gifts, but to tell you the honest truth, I'm far more excited to see my loved ones open gifts because I receive more joy by seeing their joy than I do even anything that could happen to me on that particular day. And I believe that God is much that same way. God desires to see the joy in the hearts of his children. I'm going to help somebody this morning. God desires to seek gratitude. Have you ever given someone a gift? And here I just made that joke. But have you ever given someone a gift that you'd really worked on and you'd really put thought into it? And you really thought they were going to like it. And they open it up and they just kind of, huh? You know what I'm talking about? It kind of hurts your feelings a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, you put effort into that. And they're, huh. huh. Thank you, you know, and you can tell, you can tell they didn't really care anything about it. And you'd put time and money and energy into that. And sometimes I think that's how the children of God are towards the things of God. God's giving us these great gifts. He's he's pouring things out on us. And if we're not careful, we just come to church. We're like, oh, thank you, Lord. I'm gonna tell you, it grieves the heart of God. We need to step into his presence and say, thank you, Jesus. 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 Every good gift, all the good things, all the things that that matter, all the things that last. You ever get a gift and it broke the next day? Get something and it was so exciting to you and you were really you were really happy about it. And the next day I remember one year I got a grill. And uh, I was so excited, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire that thing up. And the very next day, I, I put it all together, and the grill didn't work. And and just for all of the smart alecks out there, it wasn't because I put it together either. <laughs> I know what you were thinking. It had nothing to do with that. It was just a defective grill. Thank you. And... And the grill didn't work. It was so disappointing. It's frustrating. Not all gifts are good. But every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, there is no changing with God. There's no diminishing with God. His gifts don't get any less valuable. His gifts don't get any less good. He he doesn't run out of resources. He doesn't run out of finances. He doesn't run out of stock. He he never goes out of of style. He is always able. He is always there. He's He's always giving. He's always blessing. He's always worthy. He's always holy. And that means he is always worthy of a praise. He's always worthy of a thank you. He's always worthy of a shout. He's always worthy of some energy. He's always worthy of somebody just releasing worship into his atmosphere, into the presence of the Lord. Every good gift. Now let's talk about 2 Corinthians 9 and 15 says this. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. There are so many gifts that come from God. And I'm going to try to talk about it in just a moment here. But there are some things that God does for us. It's hard for us to even talk about it. We know that we should testify. We know that we should tell people about it. But when you just start trying to talk about it, it's hard to even get it out. When I think about the time that the doctor said you're going to die, we've given you the last dose of medication. If this doesn't work, you're not going to Live and I think about how God flooded into that situation, and that gift, it's hard for me to even talk about because it's so good. Anybody have a gift like that from God where it's hard for you to even speak about it because you just start feeling like dancing, you just start feeling like shouting, because it's an unspeakable gift. Has God ever done anything for you that is just so tremendous that when you try to talk about it, you just begin to weep in the presence of the Lord? If you are able to talk about all of the things that God has done for you without getting emotional, then I would like to suggest to you that you have probably grown ungrateful and cold and indifferent to the blessings of God. You ought to be able to think about what God has delivered you from and feel a little joy unspeakable and full of glory. You ought to be able to look at what you used to be and where you are now and say, God, thank you for this unspeakable gift. Thank you. I ought to be dead right now, but you brought me out. I ought to be lost right now, but you picked me up. I ought to be somewhere else, but you brought me home. It ought to do something to you. It ought to stir something inside of you. Or have we all gotten so grown up? Have we all gotten so Grinch-like? Have we all gotten so Scrooge-like with God that we can't give him the praise that he's worthy of? I know that's a strange analogy, but I'm going to go ahead and say it again. You know, there's a lot of Christian Grinches out there. Ah, the sermon's too long. The music's too loud. It's not my style. I don't know. That person didn't smile at me. And I, they forgot to shake my hand. And everything's not going exactly they want. And, you know, I asked God to give me $1,000. And I didn't get it. Hey, you need to go think about the goodness of God. Everything's not perfect all the time. But I can tell you one thing. You used to be lost in sin. But Jesus took you in. You used to be dead in your trespass. But he found you. And he saved you. And he delivered you. And he's worthy of you. Your very best praise. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let me take you to this one since you're... Since you're not sure yet, Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name. How do we baptize? In the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's the name that is above every other name. It is the name that saves. It's the name that delivers. It's the name that heals. There's power in the name. There's salvation in the name. There's healing in the name. There's deliverance in the name. At the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. And so we pray in that name and we baptize in that name. Why? For the remission of sins. And we don't stop there because Peter said, and ye shall receive the gift the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues if you have received the gift the greatest gift of all it's the gift of God's spirit dwelling inside of you it's literally God filling you up all the way from the top to the bottom he endues you with power from on high he gives you joy he gives you peace From the inside out. You ought to thank him this morning. You ought to give him a Christmas praise. That he gave you the gift of his own spirit. His presence living and dwelling and operating and working inside of you. It's the gift. It's the gift. It's the gift. It's the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, you know, I have people ask me sometimes, and I know, but remember, we don't have church tonight. So y'all just go ahead and preach with me for about five more minutes. You know, people will ask me sometimes, do you need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? Do you have to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? And, you know, there's that meme that goes around all the time on Social media, it still tickles me. It says, you know, people say, do you need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? And I tell them, I need the Holy Ghost just to get through Walmart. (laughs) Amen. But I I, I say to people, I I think it always puzzles me. And and I understand that they're asking a theological question. And uh, theologically, yes, you, you need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven absolutely do it's the resurrection power scripture says it's the same power that raised christ jesus from the dead is dwelling inside of you how many understand that at at the trumpet sounding the the dead in christ are going to rise first that's resurrection power how many understand that so if 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 you want to rise you're going to need the Holy Ghost. That's the resurrection power. If, if And we which are alive and remain, which is probably going to be most of us, we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet them in the air. That means it's going to be a transliteration. We're literally going to be... That takes some resurrection power. And it's the same power that raised Jesus. By the way, remember that not only was Jesus raised from the dead, but he ascended into the heavens before their very eyes. That's resurrection power. Hey, you need the Holy Ghost if you want to make it to heaven. It's the rising. It's the resurrection. It's the transliteration. It's going to lift you up to heaven. What an amazing thing that is. But beside, put all the theology aside and put all the, do you have to have it or do you not? You know, I get tired of that kind of theology. Because in the end, if the scripture tells me that God wants to give me the gift, the gift from God, the gift of his spirit, and if all good and perfect gifts come from the Father above, then I don't even need to know whether or not I have to have it. I want it more than any other gift in this world. I want it more than microwaves and toasters and cars and houses. And golf clubs and guns. I want the gift that God wants to give. I want the gift that's bigger than any gift. That Bill Gates could ever afford to give you. It comes straight from the throne room of heaven. It's the spirit of God. Coming into my life. I want it. I want it. I want it. And if you've got it. You ought to give him a Christmas praise this morning. And say thank you God. It's better than anything I've ever done. It's better than any drug. I ever tried it's better than any alcohol I ever tasted it's better than any experience I've ever had it gave me joy it gave me peace it gave me strength it gave me faith it made me whole it changed me it made me walk right it made me talk right it made me think different than I used to think Some people in this room, Brother McGee already gave a small portion of his testimony but there are people right here that you would never dream before God filled them with the Holy Ghost. They were on the verge of committing suicide. By the way, not to bring you down, like a huge percentage of Americans and by the way, American men are more more prone to commit suicide now than just about any other disease in the same range of statistically speaking And, and it's that age where people are wrestling but people here wrestle with that same thing but god filled them with the holy ghost and now they don't think like they used to think they've been changed their mind has been transformed by the moving of the spirit of god this is a miracle this is supernatural this is bigger than anything in this world why would you ask do i have to have it why would anybody ask? You know, it, it would be like, you know, you, everyone in this room can understand this. But if I walked up to you, I wish I had one. But if I walked up to you with a big old briefcase full of one hundred dollar bills. And I said, I have this gift. I want to I want to give everybody in this room a briefcase full of $100 bills, one hundred dollar bills, million dollars. I want to give it to everybody in this room, everybody in this room, I, I'll just and anyone else who wants to come. Anyone else who wants it, I I've got unlimited. I'll give anyone who wants it. I'll just give it to them. And then people started saying, do I do I really need that? Do I really? That's what I think. That's how God must feel when when he says, I want to pour out the gift of my spirit on people and people say, do I have to have that to go to heaven?" I don't know if I want that. Hey, listen, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you ought to testify to the world. It's it's better than a million dollars. It's better than a billion dollars. I wouldn't trade the Holy Ghost for all the money in the world. It's better than anything that I've ever experienced. It is literally the power of God. And for those of us who've had it for a long time, the danger is that we get like we do at Christmas as adults, where we just kind of say, oh, well, this is nice. But hey, when it comes to the things of god you better go back to what it was like when you were a child when you first believed when you first repented when you were first baptized when he first filled you remember what it was like remember how you praised him then and go ahead and give him that same praise today we love you lord all right i'm moving i'm moving i'm moving i want to take you to 1 Peter 4 and 10, it says this, as every man hath received the gift, everyone said the gift. Even so minister the same one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As every man hath received the gift, everyone said, the gift. Even so minister the same one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace. Of God. I don't have time to unpack this whole scripture, but Peter's not just referring to the gift of the Holy Ghost, but he's talking about the gifts that God has given each and every one of us. How many are thankful for gifts that God gives us? And by that, I mean gifts of the spirit or perhaps it would be we might would say it this way. Talents. Everyone in this room has a talent or a gifting, something that God has blessed you with. And God calls us because he has given us according to his gracious abundance. God has given us the gift of his spirit. He's given us the gifts of the spirit. He's given us the fruit of the spirit. You say, well, I'm not a great singer, brother, right? Listen, singing is wonderful, but that's far from the only gift. There are so many gifts that God gives his children. For some, he gives the gift of encouragement. Sister Jinx, to me, has one of the greatest gifts of anyone that I know, the gift of encouragement. She can lift someone's spirit when they're down. I can't tell you how many times I've been weary and well-doing, and Sister Jinx would come along and, and just speak an encouraging word. That's a gift that God has given her, and God has given some of you gifts here today that are lying dormant in your life. You're not using those gifts. And Peter was saying, everyone who is a part of the kingdom of God, you need to use these gifts to minister one to another. Don't let these gifts die inside of you. If God poured out gifts on you, go ahead and turn around and pour out gifts on somebody else. Bless someone else with the gifts that God has given you. Isn't this what Christmas is all about? It's been Bigger than toys and trinkets. It's about turning to someone and saying, I want to be a blessing to you. Let me minister to you. Stand with me. I'm, I'm closing as the musicians come. I want to close with this scripture, 2 Timothy 1 and 6. Paul is speaking to young Timothy, and he says this, and I'm still talking about gifts. He said, wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. I want to remind you that you stir up the gift of. Of God, Everyone said the gift of God. Point to yourself and say, I have gifts that God has given me. Which is in thee. There's, there's gifts, Timothy, that are inside of you right now. There's a gift inside of you. That God has put there. But I want you to stir up that gift... And it happened when I put my hands on you. Everybody okay? Paul said, I laid my hands on you.